You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Jump right into all of it uh, right now. And I know a lot of minor fans are upset. I know a lot of minor fans uh, want to, you know, talk... uh, you know about this one in a negative light so uh use this show as therapy we will be on air as long as we can up until the first pitch of chihuahuas baseball that comes up at 6 30 uh and we will take your calls all the way up until then 915-505-6009 we are presented by the oscar at the agency but thank you so much to the district pub and kitchen west uh 3233 north mesa they hosted us for the, another minor talk watch party uh can thank everybody enough for being out there today we had uh the camacho family juan camacho you know Bowie's finest and he graduated he's a utep minor his family was out there Dion hankins family was out there by the way Dion didn't play in the second half didn't take a single carry uh big shout out to andy who stopped by said hi uh shout out to guys like robert tristan who stopped by as well nathan who's there um it was great to see everybody out there out at the district west um milk man was out there as well jason craig uh he was the one who helped you know set everything up and he was the one who was spinning on uh, you know the music side of things but I'll, I'll be honest with you zay as we welcome you onto the program here for the first time today uh it was a rough day for minor fans it was frustrating for minor fans and you know you tell me that northwestern and utep are tied seven all going into the third quarter I would have said UTEP has got a chance to win this game. They held Northwestern to just seven points in the first half. Um, they had that opening drive that looked so promising that was a, that ended in a touchdown. And ever since then, ever since that they scored that opening drive touchdown, UTEP was unable to find the end zone. They were unable to capitalize on any sort of good field position. They had turnovers come their way. A lot of people are pointing uh, the finger of blame at quarterback Gavin Hardison. And it's a frustrating loss for a lot of minor fans, even though they were on the road in the Big Ten, taking on an opponent in which, hey, they haven't beaten a, a Power 5 team in 37 attempts since the 1967 uh, Sun Bowl. That's the last time they beat uh, Power 5 school, and they beat Ole Miss. That's the last, coincidentally enough, the last time UTEP has won a bowl game. And minor fans are sitting here today. They are scratching their head, and they are wondering, what is the identity of this team, Zay? I, I don't really know what that is right now. Yeah, this was this was bad. This was just a rough game to watch, rough second half. I thought the first half, it was all right. It was a game that, you know, UTEP probably, you know, was, was looking at there, hey, hey, you know, we can win this game. It's in our favor. You know, this is right where uh, right where we want this game to be. They were, they were controlling the time of possession. They were very physical defensively. They were they were stopping Northwestern and hey, you know, that first drive it gave you hope that, you know, they can do that again. They can replicate it. Obviously they didn't and um, it just all fell apart in the second half. Uh, we've got a lot of comments to get to. We have a lot of takes to talk about here. We have a lot to break down throughout this game. So we could do it on the phones or we could do it on social media. Our telephone number to get things started 915-505-6009 that's our telephone number 915-505-6009 to get into the program also available 600 espn el paso everywhere online uh let's get to some texts first into the program steve texts into the show i'm talking about steve kaplowitz three things that you can guarantee in life 
death, taxes, and UTEP losing on the road. The Miners right now are 4-16 and over the last three years on the road. And granted, this was, again, a Power 5 team out of Big 10, a team in which, you know, is always going to be stacked up physically better than the Miners. And this is a team in which... Uh, Northwestern hadn't won a game in 12 tries. They won, They lost 12 games in a row going into today's matchup. They also uh, came into this one with a lot of adversity plaguing their team. We all know what happened in the offseason with their former head coach Pat Fitzgerald and how he was fired from the program following a hazing and abuse scandal at Northwestern. That gave me the thought that this would be the closest UTEP would ever have in terms of an opportunity to try to knock off a Power 5 team. This was the game. If they ever wanted a game, it was this one right here. And I'll be honest with you, Zay, I wasn't very impressed with Northwestern. I mean, look, in the, in the second half, uh, Northwestern got what they needed out of that UTEP, uh, or excuse me, out of their run game, and they were able to get points on the board. But when Gavin Hardison threw that second interception in the third quarter, which set up an easy Northwestern touchdown and pretty much deflated the Miners out of the half. Remember, Northwestern scores on their first drive in the third quarter. Gavin Hardison then throws an interception. Northwestern capitalizes off that interception and punches it in on a third and goal situation. They go up 21-7 to and they don't look back. That was the problem right there. They took the life out of the Miners and it felt like after that turnover, Zay, after that interception by Gavin Hardison, it just deflated the whole UTEP offense. Yeah, you know, that was that was really tough. And the return, you know, the return put them in good field position for the Wildcats. And um, you know, it was it was it was tough to watch that, you know, happen. You know, it was tough to watch that happen. You needed a score on that drive and um it's just it's a rough game. It's a rough game. Northwestern hadn't won, you know, in twelve games when they beat Nebraska in Ireland week zero last year. Before that, their last win in the US actually was in twenty twenty one against Rutgers. So Oh gosh. Yeah, it's been a while and um this is just a very disappointing time for all minor fans. Okay, so uh let's let's not sugarcoat it. Let's also point uh, the stats out for quarterback Gavin Hardison. Seventeen of twenty five today through the air, one ninety two pass passing yards, a touchdown, but those two interceptions that really hurt the Miners. By the way, over 60% uh, percent completion rate. So now Gavin Hardison is 10-5 and five overall as a starting quarterback when he completes 60 or better of his passes. Um, came into this game 10-4 and four overall at that mark. Let's go to uh, social media real quick, then we'll get the phone line started. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. This is coming from King Eric. This is our fourth year starter. He sucks. He can't make the correct reads, leads the uh, defensive backs right to where he's going to throw. I mean, come on. Uh, this is coming from David Corral Jr., and so the collapse begins. I now say the final score will be Northwestern 38 to in UTEP or 35 UTEP 7. Well, it ended up being 38 to 7. Uh, CK Milestone Photo sent this uh, in. Once UTEP is down in a game, game over. Really disappointing. Hashtag minor talk. Matthew Castro checking in. Why are we throwing so much? Run the ball. Hardison is not Tom Brady. That's coming from Matthew Castro. Also uh, checking in to the show is David Ramos. 
This is uh, this is what he was saying. He said the defense got tired. Ampflow twenty two said pretty sad that Gavin Hardison is a senior and still forces bad passes. Going to be a very long season. That's coming from Ampflow twenty two. Um, this is coming from uh, the Guru. Quarterback one is doing the same old bleep, throwing interceptions and picks. This is coming in from James Changas the third. Over under on callers to Minor Talk saying that Dimmel needs, quote, more time is currently at eight and a half. Uh, that's a high number right there. Uh, more time for Dana Dimmel based on this performance today uh, by Minor fans? I mean, I don't know if callers are going to say that he needs more time after today's uh, performance or lack thereof. Callaway 0007 sends this to us. Hardison is just bad. Four years of the same thing. Joe Chacon checking in. Play calling started to get sketchy before the half. Totally went away from the plan, and we know what happens when they do that. Joe Chacon also followed it up by saying, this is what Rutgers forced Northwestern to do in the second half of their game. Now UTEP has to rely on a sus passing game. Hopefully the secondary gives us a chance in the future. Herman Flores, reminder, Northwestern has lost their last 12 games. They're terrible, and UTEP was favored. Hashtag fire Dimmel. Let's go to the phone lines right now. Let's get things started right. 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. Uh, needless to say, it is a passionate, angry fan base right now. And let's get it started with Ronnie on the phone lines right now. Ronnie, good afternoon. What's happening, man? What's going on, Adrian? How are you, man? Uh, Ronnie, I'm doing well, man. Uh, other than <laughs> having to talk about another Miners loss, that's what we're talking about again with you here on the show today. What's going on with you? Oh man, you know I actually, I mean Northwestern is just bad, man. Like they're, they're you know what I mean? They got a horrible culture. They don't know where they're going in terms of culture. I really thought the Miners could do just enough to pull um, this one out. And you saw the first half. I mean, it was it was, it was an even game, right? It, it didn't really hurt themselves. You know, they scored first, so they kind of set the tone. But then in the second half, they just kind of reverted back to what they are. And, uh, like, I'm not even going to throw Gavin Harson under the bus anymore because we know what he is, right? Like, he's been what he is, and it's the old saying, right? If, if, if he made these mistakes in year one and two, why was the coach that I think you're not going to make them in three and four? At this point, it's, it really is on demo, right? Like, you've got to call different plays that don't even give him the out to make these mistakes you know what i mean because you know what the young man is at this point you had him all this time it's the same old story so you have to since you are the sole play caller you have to call plays that are going to play to his strength and not highlight his weaknesses and in a game where you're getting a nice chunk of money it's a power five school they're you know reeling for any type of success something to rally their hats around because you know, like your guy said, they hadn't won a game, you know, in a long time. I mean, I saw him last year lose to uh, FCS Indiana State. Like, you should know better in the second half. You should know better in the second half than to call any plays that are within your territory that are going to have him put the ball in the air that could potentially lead to anything like a pick six or, or anything like that. Like, you, you just have to know better as, as a veteran coach. A guy that's been around and been a part of some programs. You have to know better. But since you don't, the great news is he collected $1.2 million, Senator should take that money. He should call Gary Patterson, like I said last year. He should call Cliff Kingsbury. He should call any and everybody he can and get that buyout money ready and go get himself a real coach because Deion Sanders has showed you real coaching will take a program to the promised land quicker than any player can or will. 
And that's where it starts, and that's where it ends with the minors. So, real quick here, Ronnie, uh, emphasis on the quick, right? Because now, I mean, it's not just the Colorado example. It's the Texas State uh, State example with G.J. Kinney. I mean, look at what he did to rebuild that program with 50 newcomers at Texas State, and now they're competitive. I mean, before they were just a rollover team. I'm not saying uh, the UTEP needs to fire Dana Dimmel midseason or anything like that, but if this season goes as south as it could and with expectations – as high as they were going into the year, um, at the end of the season, if they wanted to make a change, if they wanted to reevaluate their coaching staff and go a different direction, um, you, the change can actually, or an improvement, could be a lot faster than uh, we, you know, we're used to remembering. I mean, before it used to take you three to five years in college football to actually change your program. Now it's not even that; it's just an off season. What can you give me as far as resources, as far as momentum in recruiting? in year one and maybe you can have success right off that i agree and, and you have to take advantage of the rules and the rules now say that you know kids are scholarships only on for one year and if you're the coach you have every right to move on from that player and go get new players there's, there's a whole you know thing called portal which is basically college free agency which allows you to dip in and grab guys and you have to do that and let me be very clear and back up for a second this season was lost the minute utep lost to the newest fbs member Newest member of the conference. It was lost then. This season was lost then. You can't lose to a team that's literally just now coming to your division, to your conference. Rich Rodriguez of all coaches. Like that that season, this season was lost then, man. So whatever message he was preaching to those guys, they threw that out the window. What happens with players is when you're coaching guys and you're not winning, today's kid starts to say, Well, you don't know what you're talking about, and I'm not gonna buy into what you're laying down anymore because you're the problem instead of looking in the mirror to fix their own issues. And that's exactly what's happened to, to, to UTEP. Garden, uh, Hardison hears these calls every week. He knows how we feel about him. Dimmel knows how he feel about him. So guys start to kind of tone out what that collective message is in, 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 in the spring. And as adversity hits, they start to get further and further away from the message. They start to get further and further connected. And then you just start to see seasons just spiral. And, and that's what happens. And that's exactly what's happened here. So I actually would be a fan of letting him go. Um, as soon as possible so you can set the tone in the locker room and try to redirect some kids and get to evaluate some kids, evaluate the coordinators and the rest of the staff on who you want and also align yourself to the best position possible and getting the coach that you find favorable to help you um, and turn it around in Western Texas because I think that the longer you go, just because of where UTEP is geographically located, what conference they're in, I think that you, you get into a situation where you don't get your number one or number two guy. You start to have to settle um, because, you know, things get inflated and you just don't want to be last to the list if you know, in fact, that a change needs to be made. And I think we all can agree whether we want to say it or not. We can put it on Ronnie's bad caller. A change definitely needs to be made. Like, there's no getting around it at this point. It's not even up for debate. Okay, uh, I need to I need to ask you this, Ronnie, because, you know, one of the things that I, I wholeheartedly agreed with today is that, this team is searching. Uh, Cole Freytag said this, who's a color commentator with vo- uh, Voice of the Miners, John Teicher. He said that this team right now is lacking an identity on both sides of the ball. I tweeted that out because I agreed with that completely. It seems like three games into the season, they have zero identity on offense and how they're going to score the football. And then defensively, maybe they have some guys you know, here and there, but we saw today uh, Northwestern expose some weaknesses for them. And I don't think Northwestern's necessarily 
necessarily that sharp offensively. But when I tweeted that out today, I got a lot of pushback. Uh, this is from Bring Back Minor Rush. They said, I like Adrian, but every sports reporter in El Paso gives Dana Dimmel a pass. He's had six years to establish an identity. He's just a head coach that can somebody please ask the hard questions for him and hold him accountable. Zero excuses in year six and that much returning. Uh, I didn't, I'm not going that route because as far as six years to establish an identity, I agree with that. But this team in particular right now, they don't have an identity to score the football on offense and then defensively to make enough plays to try to win games. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like I said, it, it's the problem is, man, I don't think the guys that are playing the snaps believe in the guy who's taking the snaps. And we both know what I mean by that. And that, once again, goes back to guys getting away from the message and get away from the guys that are captains and leaders. If, if the guys who are out there giving everything they got don't believe that their captains, their leaders, their first-team guys should be getting those reps, your season is going to be lost. It's going to be miserable because now they're going to question not only the coaching staff that put those players in set position, but they're going to question those players who are actually in set position to make or not make those plays. And that's why culture gets really disruptive, and that's what you're seeing is that nobody wants to follow whatever game plan they set forth. Nobody wants to follow it more than two quarters. Do you watch the Miners play after quarter number two? Everything's out the window. Whatever the game plan was on Demo's play card, I guarantee you, it don't matter because all you need is one kid to not run one route or you need one kid to miss one block or one kid to miss one tackle and just be, be out of alignment on defense. And all of a sudden, none of the stuff you've written down, none of the stuff you worked on since the spring, none of the stuff you did matters. None of the, none of the, the team huddles and team dinners you had after the hard uh, weight room sessions, it all goes out the window because camaraderie just goes right out the window the minute that one person in the lineup stops believing, and then that person becomes a cancer and it spreads to another person. Another person is frustrated with their playing time, and it's just, it's just that's why leadership starts at the top. Always has and always will. I hear you, man. Hey, Ronnie, I appreciate the phone call, and I appreciate your your honest thoughts on this. Uh, I think a lot of minor fans feel the same way as you. Let's keep moving along. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. Let's go to Rick, who's next on the phone lines right now, 915-505-6009. Sal Montes going to drop in the studio here soon enough uh, to talk a little uh, UTEP football as well. Zay, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to add identity-wise? I saw you kind of go close to the mic. What did you think of that one? No, yeah, I mean, he was spot on with that call, and you know, I, I, the whole, the whole off season, I was ready to go to bat for uh, Gavin Hardison. I said that you know I believed in him, and you know, just no development. And um, if if Ronnie, if what Ronnie is saying is true, you know, it's going to be a tough year for Utah. Well, yeah, of course. If if they continue to fall in these games, and you know they've, uh, you know, I just had Sal Montes pop in the studio, and he just said, "Are you listening to the post game right now?" And I'm said, "Well, of course not. We're here on live on Minor Talk." But he said uh, Dana Dimmel was apparently upset with a lot of the officiating. Uh, uh, he was upset with missed opportunities, felt like they couldn't get a break on the road at Northwestern, and also um, you know, talked about how the score was not an indication of how close this game was. Well, I agree with that in the first half, but not in the second half. The second half, uh, Northwestern completely outplayed the Miners, and uh, that was a tough one right there for them. Hey, before we get to Rick, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You are listening to Miner Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency, here on 600 ESPN El Paso. 
915-505-6009 is the telephone num- number to get into the program. Let's go to Rick here on Minor Talk. Rick, good afternoon. What's going on? Hey, just calling in to talk about another minor letdown. Oh, I hear you, leave Rick. It, yeah, it's, it was a tough to one. Utah. Leave it to UTEP to lose to a team that hasn't won an American soil since 2021. Leave it to UTEP to give up, I think, the third longest passing play in school history for Northwestern. And wow. You know, you're watching this game, and I'm watching this game. I'm thinking the quarter, quarterback play cannot be this bad. You know, it's it's awful. I know it's, you know, the other caller, Ronnie, see, he's not got to throw him under the bus. But, you know, I'm sorry. I think that's where he belongs. You know, he can't – the picks that he throws are just – they're awful. He, he guides the defense to where he's going with the ball. He's predetermined every time where he's going with the ball. He cannot fit into tight windows. He's just – doesn't the coaching staff see this? And if they do, why don't they make a change? Is it, is it they weren't prepared to make a change? It's just That's a what it is. Actually, let me let me jump in there, Rick. That's what it is. They were not. They are not prepared. It's not they were not. They are not prepared to make a change. Gavin Hardison is their QB one. They will ride and die with him. They will. They they did not recruit uh, an incoming transfer portal quarterback, junior college quarterback. Just look across Conference USA, Rick. Uh, at Louisiana Tech, they went out and they got Hank Bachmeyer from Boise State as a graduate transfer. And they still had a quarterback coming uh, back who played some games for them last year who they easily could have sided with and easily could have gone with. Look at uh, somebody like New Mexico State. Even though they have Diego Pavia, they're still out recruiting other quarterbacks. They're still getting junior college guys and transfers. What UTEP's philosophy right now for the quarterback position is get quarterbacks in who who are young, like freshmen, I mean high school guys, young, unproven guys that they can develop and mold through the system. So you look at their quarterback depth chart, Jake McNamara, sophomore, or redshirt freshman, I should say, but only sophomore by experience, second year uh, playing with the minors, so he's still learning uh, the offense. Kevin Hurley hasn't really had any sort of Division One college football experience. Uh, you look at some other players on their quarterback depth chart, Zach Rodriguez from El Paso High has never really sniffed uh, any sort of playing contention. Caden McConnell has had success at the junior college level, but hasn't really had a chance to show what he could do on the field. So what we're seeing right now, man, is the the bottom line, UTEP has no other option at quarterback other than Gavin Hardison, so they will ride and die by him. Well, it's a bumpy ride. It's a bumpy ride, and it's just, you know, I, I just feel like the life was just sucked out of that team after that, you know, the picks that he throws. It's just you can see it in the body language. It's just a complete letdown. All we can hope for as minor fans is that, you know, it's game what? Game three of the season. They're one and two. Let's just hope they can somehow find something that works for them because the running game's not even going for them anymore. Uh, how can the run game work if the pass game's not respected? How can you know, the run, run game, game go if you don't if you don't let the run game try to work? I mean, in the second that, half, yeah. it, they, they yeah. just kind of abandoned the run game. You look at the comparison in the second half, Miners had 116 total yards in the second half and just 48 rushing yards. So 48 out of that 116 was on the ground. They pretty much abandoned it. They just sold out on the pass, trying to play catch-up. Yep, they, you, you guys hit it right on the point. The, the, the identity is just – there's no identity on this team for, for both offense and defense. And – until they figure that out and, and, and stick to it, it's going to be a rough year for us minor fans. And uh, I, I'm with uh, Ronnie. Let's let's bring in a real coach because I don't know about Dimo anymore. I just I if we don't have faith in, I don't know if the team has faith in him anymore. But uh, you guys are doing a great job. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, well, let's let's pray for a, 
Let's just pray for an upward trend from here on out. Okay, Rick. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Let's keep things moving. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's a telephone number to get into the program. Zay, they didn't recruit a quarterback, but they also didn't recruit a kicker. They sold out on the thought that Buzz Flabiano could be their kicker. He is now 0 for 2 on his uh, only two attempts, both from 44 yards out, which don't like that position to be in for him. I don't like for him to have to attempt a 44-yard field goal whatsoever but they didn't recruit a kicker that's another thing they didn't do in the offseason yeah and I think yeah that that kind of just shows that Dana Dimmel you know if he has his guy he's gonna stick to his guy he's gonna put all he's loyal yeah he's loyal and that's a good trait to have but uh maybe not in this sport specifically so Mm. it's it's just it's tough Okay, uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We are also presented by Wind Supply El Paso. Uh, to find your nearest Master Cool dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab online at windsupplyelpaso.com. I'll talk to you more about Wind Supply El Paso later on in the program. They deliver our hot hand award every single minor talk. And also, our New Start Homes drive of the game. We'll talk more about New Start Homes, including their newest location out in Bonham, Texas, right outside of Dallas. We'll talk to you about that. That later on in the program. Again, special thanks to the Oscar Audi at the agency for hosting us earlier today at their customer appreciation celebration out in Horizon. They'll still be out there, Golden Eagle Park. And uh, of course, we were out the, at the district from earlier today. They're going to have uh, the Texas-Alabama game going on right now. I think a lot of minor fans, minor talk listeners were wanting to stick around for that Alabama-Texas game. And uh, you could take advantage of 99-cent wings tonight out at the district. They don't have a cover also for the big Adesanya Strickland fight tonight coming up later as well. So that's all happening at the District West. Let's head out to Adam, who is joining us next on Minor Talk. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Adam, good afternoon. This was a tough one for Minor fans. How did you take this one? You know what? Um, Surprisingly good. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, uh, I'm not really surprised, um, there's a, you know, the, the end of the first half, you know, Dana Dimmel did what Dana Dimmel does, which is not call a timeout, fourth down, Northwestern punting. And then he decides to call a timeout after they bomb it down the field, get a catch, and the, the clock wasn't going to run till the refs set the ball. So they could have kept Northwestern on their heels. Then he, what, he kicks a field goal, second and one, with – Time on the clock to at least run one more play offensively, maybe even induce a pass interference if you put our fastest wide receivers out there and say, hey, let's make this a track meet and try to get them to grab on us, make it a little bit easier for Fabiano, and then go, uh, you know, go miss a field goal. And then, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I, you know, I almost felt like that's, you know, that's where things were leading to at the end of the half, even though it was 7-7. But, um, you know, for everybody out there listening, I mean, who would love a job where you know you're never going to get fired, which is the UTEP athletic director position and the UTEP football coach position? You're literally never going to get fired. You're literally never going to have any consequences for any of the missteps or mishaps that you do. You know what? This community is hungry for a winner. This community is ready to support a team that can actually give back to us, the fans. 
And I think you felt that in the first game of the year that you guys went out there to the district and you had as many people as you had. I mean, there was just a buzz. Dude, there was a so, there was a packed house again today. We're three weeks in a row where there's a bunch of people. I'm having to look over to the owners at the district and telling them, hey, man, UTEP's got to do their part. Everybody's showing up here, sticking around for the whole game and disappointed after the Miners lost today to Northwestern. But you're right, Adam. I mean, people are showing up. People are supporting. People are excited. 30K. We're in the Sun Bowl last week after dropping their week one or week zero opener on the road to Jackson Jacksonville State. And um, still, I, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll just throw it back at you, Adam, because you know this program real well. What if the UTEP uh, side of things heard what you said and they said, look, Adam, you're, you're 100. I, I get where you're coming from. I understand your frustrations. But do you realize that UTEP struggles when it comes to stacking up incomparable resources as some of these other group of five football programs like a UTSA, like a Texas State, like a Houston, or, or uh, so on and so forth. What would you say to a comment like that from the UTEP perspective? I would say, why isn't Jim Center fired? Why? Because last year when they went 5-7 and seven and didn't go bowling, that extension that he gave Dana Dimmel did not have to get signed. So he needed to grow a little bit of a backbone and say, you know what, this isn't the direction that our program's not going. You know, our program's not going where we want it. it you know, it, it's moved forward, yes. We're not saying that it's, it, you know, it's any worse than when he started. But that was the opportunity to not get yourself into another, you know, two years of misery under Dana Dimmel and – you know, start fresh. It, you know, it's almost like for every athletic season, you know, for, for, for every year that goes wasted, you're almost putting your program five years behind the eight ball, you know, the more that this goes on. And so, you know, you're just digging yourself a deeper hole every year. Granted, it's one year, but you're digging yourself a hole two, three, four years back by just staying like this. And so, you know, if UTEP ever wants to win, we're going to have to get a president – and an athletic director that bets on the community, that, that, that puts someone in place, young, energetic, you know, someone that doesn't have their orange glasses sliding down their nose thinking that what they're looking at is the only thing in the world that's available to them. Maybe, maybe not have such a micromanager as a coach. He doesn't trust his coaches. I'm sure his coaches are very frustrated right now because I'm sure that they can make an impact. You know, Deion Sanders is probably not the best coach, but one thing that I can tell you probably about Deion Sanders is the reason they're so successful is because he lets their coaches do their job. I feel bad for Scotty O'Hara. I feel bad that he's offensive coordinator in name, but he's just really standing behind Dana Dimmel, probably frustrated that he can't do his job. So I would say it's on Jim Center. You didn't have to sign that extension. We could have moved forward. You know, players might have left, but in the long run, we would have probably made a little bit more progress moving forward another way than sticking with what we have right now. Oh, man, Adam. Well, I, I hear what you're saying. I think you're speaking facts. A lot of our listeners really like your calls. You're already getting compliments on social media right now. Adam, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, let's keep things moving. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. Just getting things started here on Minor Talk. 600 ESPN El Paso everywhere. Social media, online where we'll have some recaps. We'll have post-game uh, information and stuff like that. And check 
us out on our podcast channel uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, this is coming in from B Murray Six on social media. Adam speaks facts. Zero accountability by Jim Center and absolutely zero backbone. Loving the show and transparency. We'll keep listening every week. Uh, and that is from B Murray Six. Pooh Bear sends us this. Why since last year did I start thinking that Brownholtz was a better option than Gavin Hardison? Maybe I wasn't nuts. Hashtag minor talk. It's always the what if game, right, Zay? What if they had committed to Calvin Brownholtz rather than Gavin Hardison? I mean, you you just think of that simple change right there, quarterback. What would have happened in that season? Yeah, like what if Calvin Brownholtz comes back for his extra year of eligibility? Mm. What if there's so many what ifs you can go into, and um, I think you know in a couple of years we're going to be looking back at this team with Tyron Smith, Tyrese Knight, Deion Hankins, Praise Amehule. Those are all you know bona fide great players, and we're going to say, what happened? You know, if this season keeps going the way it's going. What happened? All that talent. We're going to be thinking of it just like that 2019-2020 UTEP basketball squad. And we're going to keep saying, what happened? So, you know what's so interesting, Zay? We've had uh, a couple callers, or several callers, I should say, already. And the first thing that all three callers wanted to talk about is their disappointment with the quarterback and their disappointing uh, disappointment with the coaching staff in general. Let's take a uh, zoom in approach right okay the miners right now are one and two on the season they've got Arizona on the road next week I'm counting that as a loss and I predicted a loss before the season started that means they will have a one and three start to the season going into the UNLV game which I have circled since July 5th I've, I've circled that UNLV game September 23rd Saturday at the Sun Bowl as one of the most important games for the miners this year that could dictate a couple things. Number one, if they win that game, they are suddenly two and three. They just need four more wins under their belt to become bowl eligible. And if UTEP becomes bowl eligible, this is very important for all the UTEP fans out there and who are listening to the show right now. If UTEP reaches a bowl game somehow this season, which is very doable still, it's a very easy uh, schedule that's ahead of them. If they somehow get to a bowl game, that extra year in Dana Dimmel's contract will automatically kick in. That means his 2025 year is automatically guaranteed. That uh, part that is actually a stipulation in his contract that if he reaches a bowl game, that uh, option year is automatically in place and the bowl game will be in the future for the minors. But on the flip side, if it goes the other way and UTEP loses the game to UNLV at home uh, Saturday, September 23rd, if they lose that game, the Miners will limp into their Conference USA stretch at 1-4 and four overall and have to face another uphill battle just like they did last year, just like they were in a position last year to try to come back, rally back at some point in the season to try and become bowl eligible. Zay, I don't know if I see that. Uh, I don't know which scenario we're going to see, but man, that UNLV game is going to be so important for the Miners. I mean, you could throw away the Northwestern game, throw away the Jacksonville State game, which both games made Miner fans beyond frustrated. And you look at that game against UNLV, that's the game right there. If the Miners win, they go 2-3, and three, I can be talked into the Miners beating 
FIU, NMSU, Sam Houston State, and then one of Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and Liberty. I could be talked into that realistically. There's four wins there. Somehow there's four wins. But the UNLV game is so important. They've got to treat that game as one of the more important games uh, of the early season. And it's been that way all the way back uh, you know, early on um, into, the, uh, in, into this offseason. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack to uh, that 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 clause in Dana Dimmel's contract that if he gets to a bowl, you know, he gets an extra year on to um he gets an extension. And um, are we gonna have UTEP fans like wanting UTEP to lose? Is that gonna happen to the point where they're like, we we you know we know that there's some callers on here that aren't fans of Dana Dimmel, and they they they've made it a uh, vocal that they want him out. Are those fans gonna be saying? You know what? I want this team to lose. I just want it to be over with. Is that is that the point that we're at? It's a good question, and I'm going to say no. I think the majority, I, there's always going to be the minority haters like Augustine, um, and there's going to be the minority uh, who do not, who root against UTEP because they like to call into this show. They like to troll online. The minority is the one um, who does that kind of right there. You know, that's the minority of UTEP fans. But the other side of it, they'll be happy that UTEP gets to a bowl game but if they lose that bowl game they'll be equally disappointed so it's a constant pendulum it's a constant roller coaster that minor fans are on they were excited all week minor fans were on the high of the roller coaster all week long going into this game because they were favored all the way up until yesterday when the line shifted back to northwestern by one Uh, they felt like northwestern came out lackluster which they did against rutgers last week and there was a clear possibility ability in order to win or a path to winning this game and then you watch the first half and the miners are right there they're stacking up with this northwestern team i don't care if they're big 10 i don't care if they've lost 12 games i don't care all the offseason turmoil that they faced if utep won a power five game uh, a first time in 36 tries 37 attempts against power five teams that's significant right there and they had the opportunity by the half they had multiple opportunities throughout the game and it's another story of just missed opportunities and not capitalizing on um, you know situations that they had. I mean, if you just look at UTEP's drive chart, right? After that touchdown, opening touchdown drive, here's what happened with UTEP. They punt, they punt from the Northwestern uh, 46 and from their own 47 in the first half, then an interception in the second quarter by Gavin Hardison, then a punt, a missed field goal right before halftime, interception uh, to start the third quarter, then they punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, interception. That's how UTEP finished out offensively. Zero identity on offense, man. That's the bottom line. Yeah, you know, that, that first drive, you know, all UTEP fans anywhere, they were like, you know, we're going to win this football game, right? You felt that. You felt that, you know, momentum fully on UTEP's side. I mean, everything was going right. And then it wasn't. And, you know, and then it wasn't. And UTEP could not get anything. Like you said, no identity. And, you know, after Deion Hankins, you know, I guess technically left the game, you know, I just felt like Utah could not get anything going on the ground, especially. And, um, you but, know, but they didn't even try it. They abandoned the run. Zay, they they had they had zero identity on the run in the first uh, half, which was fine. They were having success in the passing game. The second half, they almost played like they had to catch up, like they were down by 15 points when they were only down a touchdown. And you know, I, I just didn't understand that philosophy by UTEP to try to continue airing it out when 
when you can just slow the game down, do what you're good at, run the football to start the second or second half, and try to have some success there. I, I get it. Deion Hankins only ru- ran the ball seven times today for 27 yards on the ground, and they couldn't really get the run game established. But if Hankins, whatever happened to him in the second half where he got injured or he just didn't come out in the second half and play much, um, but you know, at least try a little bit more with guys like Mike Franklin, guys like Torrance Burgess, who shined last week. I just thought they abandoned the run too early in the second half and tried to play catch-up a little too desperately in the passing game. Yeah, and I felt like uh, when UTEP went down 20-7, to I believe, and uh, they, they marched down the field, they responded well, it came up on a fourth and short. It was fourth and a long yard, and they came out, they decided to QB sneak it with Gavin oh, Hardison. Man. You know, I kind of, I was, I'm not going to say I had hope, but I was, you know, that, that was kind of the, the sucker punch for me. Yeah, that was a, oh man, that was... I did not agree with that play call. Let's keep it going. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Full phone lines right now. Let's start it off with my man, Milkman, who's joining us next. Milkman, it was great to see you. Big shout out to your pops. Hope he's doing well. Uh, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> I, I talked to my dad after the game. I, I went and brought up some uh, rolled tacos from uh, the district, which, you know, Shout out to the district that uh, I I am enjoying these these uh, these parties there, but I got to tell you, man, can we get a can, can we do away with the DJ for the game because <laughs> like <laughs> we need to stop hearing the music in the in the middle of a game. I hear you, man. I hear you. We'll, we'll tell Jason. We'll 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 get with Jason. We'll have a good powwow after this. No worries. But I appreciate you being out there, Milkman. You still there the same, with us? Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay, I'm I'm not sure what you didn't hear, but uh, but yeah, I did talk to my dad uh, after the game, and he was saying basically the same thing as I was, like you know, uh, Hardison. He he doesn't he doesn't look off the defense. I mean, he, he you know exactly where he's going to throw that, and that's why he's getting these interceptions. I mean, he's telegraphing them. You know, it's ridiculous. Um, I got to tell you, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm real I'm really you know I'm 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 pretty pissed off right now because I, I had pretty. I had high hopes for this year, and after what I've seen, I, I'm, I'm out, man. Like I got no, I got no predictions. Like I'm not, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I got, I got nothing. I mean, they're, the Arizona's going to clean their clock next week. I, I thought, you know, at the beginning of the year, I thought, well, maybe they'll at least keep it close. But no, I mean, after what I'm, after what I'm witnessing, this is, this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. There's no, there's, there's no excuse for it. it uh, you could tell that the way they were playing, especially with the defense, that they the team the two teams weren't mismatched. This wasn't some sort of oh they're they're just going to dominate us. It's stupid mistakes. It's it's stupid interceptions. And I mean, you saw the way the defense was playing at the end. All of a sudden, it was like oh now they're getting disheartened because like you know they're they're losing faith because look look what the offense is doing. I mean it. This was this was not a case of a of a team that is physically superior destroying the other team. That is not absolutely not what happened. This was stupid, stupid mistakes. And you know, I'm I'm a huge minor fan. I always will be. <clears throat> but I, I I got nothing. I, I got no more predictions for this year. I, I have no idea because I, after what I saw, like you know, teams that they should beat, I don't think they will. I mean. Mm. Good point. This is, this is ridiculous. 
That's a, I mean, hey, and I appreciate the phone call, Milkman, and it was great seeing you today. All good points by you. Uh, and the fact that you just mentioned that makes me sway the other way of what I was saying initially. You know, you see what has happened these first three games for the Miners. Have they really given us, as you know, a collective, a good reason why they should beat the bad teams? I mean, and who's quote-unquote the bad teams? Is UTEP a bad team? I, I'm so confused by this team. I'm lost for words when it comes to their identity. I, I don't really know what kind of identity they've had uh, all the way up until this point. And you look at just the scoring, just the offensive side. They put up 14 points against Jacksonville State on the road. They put seven points today against Northwestern on the road. 28 last week in a win against Incarnate Word. That's 49 points altogether from this UTEP offense, 49 points in three games, averaging under 17 points a game, Zay. Seven, they, they've got to put more points on the board. That's the bottom line, and they have not figured out how to do that. Yeah, it's very disappointing. It's very disappointing because, you know, in reality, you lose uh, Ray Flores, you lose Jeremiah Byers. Besides them, I mean, you know, you bring back a bulk of your offensive production. Everything on paper is set up for you to take a huge offensive step, you know, maybe, you know, maybe even a touchdown on that scoring average. And it's just been worse. It feels like this offense is worse than last year, and it makes That's zero true. sense. It is worse, actually. I, I agree with that. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. we got to move fast, everybody, our listeners who are with us. We've got to move fast. We have a hard out time of 629 ahead of El Paso Chihuahuas baseball. Shout out Tim Haggerty, my man. And we will get out to him and Southwest University Park as soon as Minor Talk's over. We'll do live ad reads throughout the show to give everybody a chance to call in and voice their thoughts on the Minor game. So let's keep things moving. I want to get to social media because we've got hundreds of messages coming our way. But we've got to burn through some phone calls first uh, before switching over. Let's go to Hunter, our guy who's joining us next. 915-505-6009. Hunter, what's happening? What's going on, guys? How are you guys doing today? Hunter, I'm doing just fine. We're just starting fall. We're getting ready for uh, another UTEP uh, game next week, another Power 5 opponent that they'll probably lose to, 38 in a row. Uh, how are you, Hunter? Oh, man, I can't complain, man. appreciate you guys doing what you do. It's uh, definitely not easy uh, having to do these shows after uh, after games like this and with, with teams like this, man. So you guys still do a great job with it. I appreciate it, man. They, hey, we were we were with this. Uh, we were with uh, minor talk for a one and eleven minor talk season. Uh, we'll be there for a seven and six season. We'll be there for whatever zero oh and twelve. You name it, we'll be there. Man, you guys need to be rewarded eventually. You know what I mean? There's got to be that. It won't be with this coach, but eventually, there's got to be that eight and four season or something that that you get to live through because. Uh, especially you younger guys haven't seen much success at all with the uh, UTEP athletics. So the fact that you all can still be such big fans of the program and, and uh, supporters and, and run shows like this, man, uh, that's great without even having witnessed success. You know, it's, uh, I don't know who I feel worse for you all or those of us that saw it. So have endless hope thinking we can one day go back to that. But, uh, mm. you know, a game like this and a team like this isn't even worth breaking down the little thing uh, because there's, it's so dysfunctional and there's so much wrong with it. It's not like, well, you know, if they could just fix this or if they get, it's a bad team with even worse coaching. 
and and it, it, it just is what it is. And I, I feel kind of like Jim Mora, you know, and, you know, playoffs, you know, you guys keep talking about a bowl game. Good luck winning a game. Their only win was a struggle against an FCS school that lost most of their players to the transfer portal and their coach uh, and, and, and still came to the Sun Bowl and gave them a game. That's been their only – this is who they are. UTEP is a bad team with the worst coach in the conference. And I can say that confidently because whatever he should do, he does the complete opposite. And you guys keep acting like it's a surprise. Oh, why doesn't he keep running the ball? Well, it, that's been the case for years. I would be shocked if he actually did what he's supposed to. Uh, you know, coaching and leadership – are the the, the, the the biggest things. And I'm watching UT in Alabama right now, and you're going to see the difference in coaching. And Alabama is going to – it's going to be at least a two-touchdown game because their talent's equal, but that's how big coaching makes a difference. So, you know, my only question moving forward, like, like you keep saying, you know, what about from the UTEP perspective? They don't have a lot to work with. Name another school in the conference that has better facilities and a bigger budget than UTEP. Liberty. Name- do they have better facilities? Hundred percent. Okay, so one. Western Kentucky. I don't think they have better facilities. They do. They do. No. What, yes, and, they do. And, and larger athletic budget because I have. Yes, yes. larger have, larger athletic budget. Yes, that's right. I'm not sure because you and Steve tried to pull that like five years ago, and I pulled out <laughs> all the actual numbers, and the only teams that had a larger budget than UTEP at the time were the Florida schools. Not even UTSA. Now, UTSA, that's changed. They're no longer in the conference. But even at that, they didn't even have their own on-campus stadium. You know, the Durham Center's right up there with the rest. I they're agree. They're not in the Stone Age. It is, it is not like they're, they're, they're New Mexico State. You know, there's, there's way more money here and way more facilities and way more alumni to support. You know, who the heck went to UTSA that's of any significance? How many NFL players went there? Same thing with North Texas. What kind of what kind of programs have they had historically, or NFL players, or donors that can they, they can possibly have? There's not a big difference. The only difference is is they choose to be successful and they choose to have athletics as a priority because that really is the front door of the university. And if this president would realize that and realize that a strong athletics program is great for education too, and choose to make it a priority, then you're going to see a winner. Because we've seen other schools that have had decent seasons and fire their coach because they want to make the next step, and we don't even fire our one and eleven or our four and eight or whatever it may be. So, you know, they will not make a bowl, and hopefully that means that they can get rid of Dimmel year early, and we can go get Mac left, which like they should. Mm, man, that was. Uh, I'll I'll leave it there. Great job, Hunter. Great phone call. Uh, and you know what? I'm gonna give you some credit. I'm looking this up in real time. Expenses, athletic departments in Conference USA as of July of 2023. Liberty leads the way at 57 million dollars for that athletic department. 57 million dollars. Uh, Florida International checks in second, 39.29 million. Middle Tennessee, right after that, third place, 35.6 million. And then comes UTEP, 33.1 million dollars. They uh, exceed the athletic department budget set by New Mexico State, 
uh, which is $31.6 million. Western Kentucky, which is reported to be $28.5 million. And La Tech, which is $25.9 million. That is all according to the Conference USA Athletic Resource Analysis done by ASOR, which is uh, a website that also covers a lot of Conference USA con- content, specifically a lot of Liberty football content. So... Uh, Very interesting you pointed that out, Hunter, and I appreciate your phone call as always. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to weigh in on the show. 600 ESPN El Paso everywhere, social media, online, everywhere, on your podcast channel, 600 ESPN El Paso. We only have... 55 more minutes here on the show. Uh, And we will uh, take you all the way up to first pitch of El Paso Chihuahuas baseball. But before we do anything else, before we get back to the phone lines, before we do anything like that, let's welcome on our co-host of Minor Talk. He is Sal Montes. He is fresh off the broadcast post-game show with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, Cole Freytag, and Mondo the Monster Medina. Sal, we welcome you here on Minor Talk. And another disappointing Minor Talk uh, that we get to experience here on the show today. How do you see this game uh, between UTEP and Northwestern? You know what? I saw a lot of missed opportunities um, that, that played a part, and I'm not going to say that that it completely derailed them, but it played a part in them, um, you know, basically getting blown out in the second half, and that's not capitalizing on opportunities in the first half, especially that poor uh, that poor clock management uh, or lack thereof, you know, to close out the uh, the first half. You know, you have these weapons, trust them to um, you know to make something out of it, but this raises the question to me, Adrian, is we see this time in and time out when it comes to poor clock management. What is the emphasis of that two minute offense, knowing, you know, how many timeouts you have, when to use them? Because it hasn't looked very good at all since, um, you know, since this offense has been under demo. So I want to talk about that specifically. I'm glad you mentioned that we have not discussed the end of the first half situation by UTEP, right? Because they had an opportunity in which they had a two-minute drill situation. They kind of look lackluster. All right, timeout. They punt it away. Northwestern gets it. They don't do anything. In fact, Dimmel starts, he calls his first timeout, but right on fourth down, it was, I think, fourth and two, they didn't call a timeout. And the clock wound down all the way, um, you know, inside the, what, 40, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, whatever it was. It was poor clock management to, to end the half. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about in week zero and in week one, overthinking by the coaching staff. I think, mm. I honestly think what had happened at that point point was Dimmel was overthinking it and thinking oh wait wait, wait. is Northwestern going to go for it here fourth mm. and two near midfield are they going to go for it and that's why he didn't take that timeout on fourth down or whatever it was and again just a poor end of the first half by clock management standards they've got to be better at that that's some one of those things that they have to try to turn around in order for them to have any sort of success yeah and those are the little things that happen um, when it comes down to events that can lead to you know a better chance at winning so to speak I don't want to say a win itself but um, however good teams find ways to bounce around they don't let those things like that happen right but they also find ways to fight through that adversity when things aren't going their way and it was just a terrible response today too so Sal if I told you glass half full situation UTEP still collected 1.2 million dollars today what would you say to that I would say they had a really good chance to get a win today. That's just the cherry on top. You you don't play for money. You play to win the game. UTEP needs money. I get that. But also, too, 
there's all these other schools who are underdogs going on the road against, um, you know, FBS teams, whether it be good or not, and they get those wins. They know that they're going to collect that check, but you're also there to play football because if you were just there to collect the check, it's just a quick transaction. All right, thank you. Exactly. We'll see you next time. So I, I don't like that, but it's part of it. Zay, any thoughts on what Sal said? Yeah, I agree. You know, it's a cool that you get all that money, but it would have been cooler getting all that money and a win. Mm. Getting paid to win. Yeah, getting paid to win. I like that. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 915-505-6009. I think we've got Augustine again. Uh, he is joining us on the phone lines right now. 915-505-6009. Augustine, do you know a little bit more about Arizona, or does it not really matter uh, when you look back on Northwestern UTEP? It doesn't matter, but, but you know, Agent, what I'm really calling about is something that more than anything I think would piss off any minor fan. Uh, the interview that the monster did with Dimmel after the, this subpar performance once again, Dimmel laughing, Dimmel having a good time with the interview. You know, it, there comes a point in time where the coaching staff at least has to get pissed off. You know, at least say, yeah, we screwed up. We as a coaching staff need to get better. That interview, I think, really defines the lack of character and backbone of this coaching staff because it, 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 I think Sal, was, Sal should have been listening to it, and I think he laughed when he said, what needs to happen? We need to get better again. We need to cut down on mistakes again. It's the same interview over and over again, just today with laughter. And that pissed me off. And it should piss off everybody now that we have a subpar coach that cannot do anything about all this. There's going to be another losing season, maybe three wins, maybe. And then UTEP needs to find a replacement now. Okay. Hey, Augustine, before uh, I let you go, I want to let Sal jump in on this because Sal was so uh, t- taken aback by mm. the Dana Dimmel postgame interview. He stormed into minor talk and was like, wait, wait, wait. I didn't even you know you guys listening? were on. I'm so He's sorry. Like, are you guys <laughs> listening to this? And I was like, Sal, I, I can't even, I can't wait to get you on to talk about this right here because I love hearing about the postgame, uh, you know, interview and all of that kind of stuff, especially when it gets a little controversial. Augustine called in. He's questioning it as well. What happened? Tell me everything. So um, I was running back and forth. So my, if there was laughing, I didn't hear it. The the parts that I did hear, I'm not going to say it didn't happen because I I may right. I missed the portion of it running back. But um, there were there were tones of disappointment in in that part. So I don't know when he laughed or whatever the case is. Maybe it's just to kind of you know brush it off. But at the same time too, there was a quote that was um, that was mentioned something along the lines of he's disappointed in in how. Now, um, in the response to the referees, like play calling and, and them just not getting a better break, for lack of a better phrase. So, so he's blaming the refs? So that, that's what stood out to me. Um, Six penalties, by the way. 42 yeah. yards. And, not and, a lot. And, you know, some of them were costly, though, at, at they were. parts. They were. Um, but I think maybe more so alluding to what Northwestern was what he thinks they were getting away with. I think it's probably more on that. Okay, I understand. So, and not necessarily pointing the finger of blame, but maybe kind of deflecting some of I the, mean, you know, some of the, I, I guess, deficiencies that they had as a coaching staff, maybe? Maybe. Um, and another thing, too, is um, just the tone of it was disappointment, but 
kind of looking forward to uh, to next week. So, I mean, maybe it's just having a transactional mindset like, hey, all right, we came here to collect money, didn't go the way we wanted, let's get ready for Arizona. That might be the mindset. So, a good phone call by Augustine, better than last week. Uh, the thing that I liked that he pointed out was the fact that maybe he was you know, laughing a little bit. Um, I had had people after the week zero loss at Jacksonville State come up to me and say, hey, I just don't appreciate smiling after a victory or like mm-hmm. chuckling and stuff. And, you know, for me, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me, bother me whatsoever. I think uh, if you know Dana Dimmel, like, uh, you know, we do, you just know that most of these interviews are going to sound very repetitive, kind of what Augustine yeah. was pointing out. He's level-headed. Whether they win or lose, he's kind of in that same, uh, you know, mindset all the time. He's not going to get too overly excited, not going to get too overly down yeah. on the team when he goes on in, in a public media setting. So I, I think it's just more of what we've always seen from uh, Dana Dimmel. And another thing, too, um, you know, coaches are, are a certain way in their demeanor and their personality. I, I don't really think that translates to <laughs> to field success because uh, let's flip it around and say UTEP's winning on a consistent basis and he has this type of a mindset it's not going to matter because all that matters is the results that's out there on the field. doesn't matter what that tone is, you know, in interviews. So some would argue that it does. And I don't. I'm with you. I'm yeah. on the same page. Uh, but some would argue it does. And some are bothered by it. And some are. I some, can understand. Yeah. yeah. And some want that coach to be fiery and say, no, look, this wasn't acceptable. We don't accept these kinds of losses. Hey, let's go to social media. We got a lot to burn through. Then we'll go to Cruz and then we'll go to George, uh, who are joining us on the phone lines. We've got one line available. If you've been trying to weigh in on the show, but have uh, had a busy signal come your way. Give us a call right now. We've got one open line, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. Texas Alabama is going on right now, by the way, guys. Uh, 3 nothing for the Longhorns. Um, I'm not going to say any more scores just so we can uh, v- stay very relevant and timely when people listen back to us on the podcast. Adrian at M912-3919 sends us this. 38 to 7. This is where you make the change to find out what you have in quarterback two. You're about to lose the team. Hashtag minor talk. John Doe sends us this. At some point, we have to have a real conversation about moving on from Gavin Hardison. We look better with Calvin Brownholtz last year. Think we need a quarterback that plays Dana's system and not a quarterback that Dana tries to cater to. Uh, your thoughts, Zay? Yeah, you know, I was always I, – I defended Gavin Hardison through the Calvin Brown holds comparisons, but um, I just think these two are not a match made in heaven. You know, You're just, talking about Dimmel and Hardison. Yeah, Dimmel and Hardison. They just – you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The system doesn't make sense around Hardison, and uh, the play calling usually is a, a little bit of questionable. So I just think, you know, this this tandem, this play calling tandem of Dimmel and Hardison, it just it, – it hasn't worked for UTEP, and um, I think – there's going to be a point where you know they both realize that. Leandro Valenzuela sends us this. This is embarrassing. How in the world was UTEP actually favored in this game most of the week? Offense is pathetic and defense gives up. Good luck getting more than 20,000 at the next home game. Rubster 84 at Ruben R. Soto 84 uh, sends us this. UTEP has five turnovers on the season, all by Gavin Hardison. UTEP has no quarterback. Hardison is not Division One material, nor Division Two. How are NFL scouts looking at this guy? Joe Chacon sends us this. Minor talk is going to be feisty today. <laughs> Make sure you have your evening clear because it's going to be a bitch fest for sure. <laughs> 
We can say that, right? Yeah. Uh, prepare for all the Dana <laughs> Dimmel needs to go calls. Hashtag I need a beer. Hashtag pass me a cold one. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Oof, man. Uh, Shannon Sharpie sends us this. Why is it always like this? Why do players go out of bounds and come back in bounds when they're all alone? Why do they run the exact same play on fourth and one when they have a tank for a running back? I just don't understand. This coming in from David Ramos. A change needs to be made. Dimmel needs to be relinquished by all uh, and all of his play calling duties immediately. It's year six, and if we get behind two scores, it's pretty much a loss. Victor Hernandez, if they don't kick Dimmel's old butt to the moon and after this game and that trash quarterback, I don't even know. And they wonder why people don't go to watch them. Ugh, man, it's getting ugly on social media. Uh, Jose sends us this. If play, if Dimmel keeps play calling duties, fire him and or the athletic director. Enough is enough, man. It's just some tough stuff. Uh, Pinky. 600 ESPN El Paso tells you which coaching staff made adjustments. I think he just meant it tells you which coaching staff made adjustments. It was the Northwestern coaching staff for sure. Oh, big time. And one of the big adjustments that I noticed early was them doing the no huddle. Immediately yeah, in the second worked. half, and it Good threw point. him off a bit. It, and UTEP, um, you know, being real physical in the first half, I think Northwestern obviously matching it, you know, for for majority of the game. Um, you could tell that they were starting to wear them out, like middle of that third quarter. So once they made those adjustments and were able to stick to their game plan, they were pretty much calling the same plays, just quicker. It really took a toll on UTEP. Uh, let's go to Cruz, who's joining us. Thanks for patiently waiting, Cruz. 915-505-6009 to get into the program. If you want to weigh in, now's the time to do it. One line available, 915-505-6009. Cruz, good afternoon. What's going on? Hey, I had to agree with you guys. If Dana uh, Dimmel is so soft-spoken in his interviews, if he goes into the locker room and speaks to the team like that, you know, what kind of a message is he going to send to them? He needs to speak with authority and not not necessarily pick anyone out, but speak to the entire team as a whole. And Gavin Hardison, I've never had much faith in him. And the more that he plays, the more that I see that, that I might. And we hear a lot uh, of the same over and over and over, but it's because the same things keep happening over and over and over. Dana Dimmel, somebody else needs to call the, the shots. You know, somebody else needs to call the plays. Uh, I, I'm 65 years old. I've been watching following Utah even when I moved out of El Paso. I'd always check up on him. And as a little boy, I used to listen to him on the radio in my bedroom. Gosh, I wish we made a winning team. Uh, when I lived in Amarillo, we had fans in Amarillo. We got them all over the Metroplex. And, and they're all saying the same thing that, we, that we're hearing on the radio. Because, you know, it just happens over and over and over. And you hear the same thing everywhere. Cruz, uh, you're uh, like a lot of minor fans, and I just mentioned this about the post-game interview with Dana Dibble, but I want to ask you this, because you've been a minor football fan and a lifer. Would you be happy if this team went 6-6, six and six, which is still attainable? I, I, uh, despite what people are saying, hey, this is still a team where you have to wonder if they could win any game. Sure, I, I hear where you're coming from, but I still believe that this team is too talented to be a 1-11 team, a 4-8 and eight team. I still believe that. They're, they have way too much talent from top to bottom, and you look at their schedule, it's still favorable. If they go 6-6, six and six, if they make a bowl game, is that enough for you, or have you seen enough from this program and coach? coaching staff that you want some kind of change? I want them to win more than that. Uh, 
we need another quarterback to start. I don't know how Dana Dimmel can have so much faith in this guy, uh, but I want to see them win more than just six games. I think a lot of minor fans are tired of a mediocre season, and I think a lot of minor fans would echo the same sentiments that you have, Cruz. Um, hey, I appreciate your phone call. I know you're frustrated. I know that you've been a minor fan for a long time, and uh, that's what a lot of these listeners who call into this show, how they feel as well. So I know it, it hurts, but hey, I appreciate your, you weighing in. I appreciate the phone call. And Sal, I think that's what we've gotten a lot from. Uh, people yeah. are just out on Gavin Hardison. They're just out. They've seen it, and they just weren't in to begin with and then now they're just out and they just don't understand why UTEP continues to go at him uh, it's tough man I mean how, how do you explain it really and I, I think you know something that's been consistent has been the play calling it, it can't be the offense itself there's been a number of <laughs> offensive coordinators that have that have gone through UTEP in the last couple of years so Good point. maybe it's not a match maybe um, you know who knows what it is? I, I really have no idea. But um, it's been a mystery that's obvious, if that makes any sense, for two and a half years. People were, were even calling this when um, they were kind of blowing away the season, the bowl year, right? And yes, then yes. It, there was some blame right. in, the, in the bowl game, which I think he played you know, played pretty well. But since then, though, there's been a lot of questions from people. So another thing to mention with that is, yes, Gavin Hardison has taken this team uh, to a bowl game. They, yeah, you're exactly right. They went 6-1 and one to start that 2021 season. Yeah. But then they lost five of their last six games and so or five uh four of their last five games whatever that ended up being uh and that's what disappointed a lot of fans that's what made fans really frustrated that season in particular is that they felt this team should have been better than that so that's kind of what Cruz was saying right there he felt like they should they should be better than just six and six you look at their schedule oh yeah you look at conference USA it's not that impressive I I mean here's the thing though too Adrian is it's like you you win set COVID year, they win what three or four? Yeah, three and five in a, in a really condensed season, and they had a good chance to be four and four. But Correct. The, but the trajectories there go from three all the way to seven. Now you're expecting at least seven, but it should be eight plus. And the year after, which is last season, and then this year, if you're supposed to be so much better than last year and have a lot of the same guys, there's no reason that some of these same mistakes are being made, and that's a big part as to why they're losing six, seven games a year. Now it's a really, it's a really good point. And yeah, you're exactly right. And I think fans, they don't want that mediocre. Just They're you know, used to it. They're yeah. used to it. They're used to five to seven victories from UTEP. They want a little bit more. Uh, let's go to social media. Herman Flores, just embarrassing showing by Dimmel. As usual, UTEP was favored. Northwestern had 12 straight losses, but UTEP got blown out by one of the worst teams in the country. Hashtag fire Dimmel. Christopher Cadillo. This game went down the drain after that horrible offensive possession at the end of the half. Once again, Dimmel forgot he has a running game and made Northwestern look like a powerhouse shaking my damn head. Hashtag minor talk. Let's go to George who's joining us next on the phone lines. Oh wait, Zay, you had a point that you wanted to make. I'll go back to you. You go ahead. Yeah, you know, I was just, you know, I'm I'm thinking of, you know, all the times that, you know, we were told Dana Dimmel's in the quarterback room this year. He's spending so much time with the quarterbacks. And uh, it's just the same old Gavin Hardison. There's been no development over the years, which is really disappointing because we all see the, the kind of arm and the physical talent that he uh, that he has. But it's the same thing every year, and um, it's pretty disappointing for fans, I, I, I'd imagine. No, I'm, I'm with you completely. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. George is going to join us next, 915-505-6009. George, good afternoon. What's going on? Well, uh, just appalling, terrible 
just I knew that there was a beginning of the end towards the end of the of the second half. The first half, I mean, uh, that missed field goal was just like an omen. They came out, and I don't know if it was they got outplayed or, but just the fact that Gavin Hardison cannot read defenses, he telegraphs his passes. And then you're talking about identity. They have an identity. They just choose to go away from it. There was nothing wrong with the running game. Nothing. You have three good backs. Keep grinding the ball. Play to your strengths, not your weaknesses. Do not leave the the game on Hardison's hands. I mean, we know. I don't know how Dimmel doesn't know that this guy is not a quarterback. He's just progressively gotten worse. He's the one that is the main reason why we lose a lot of these games. You know, it's going to deflate a defense when your quarterback can't protect the ball. You know, I, I was thinking, hey, uh, Northwestern ought to give him a, a jersey because it looks like he's playing for uh, Northwestern, not for UTEP. It's just, it's it's very frustrating to know the talent that they have on this team, and they're just letting it go to waste. It's, I get it's it. true. You want to throw the ball. You know, you want to throw the ball. I get it. But establish the run that's going to support the pass, the play-action pass, and everything will go in its place. But, no, as soon as he, he, he gets one, one, uh, one score behind, he wants to throw the ball all of a sudden, and then there's no running game. I, I didn't get it. I don't know what happened. I was I was shaking my head going, Demo, can't you just see that the running game is there? I mean, we were doing so great on that first drive, and then all of a sudden that second drive, it just stalled, and we just got away from the from the run altogether. I know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Adrian. It's just the more we choose to accept mediocre, the more it's going to be given to us. Jim Center and Dana Dimmel, uh, Dana Dimmel to be laughing or to be doing what he was doing because he knows he has job security. He knows that he can get that, that if he gets his, that, that bowl uh, eligibility, he's going to have that one more year. Uh, and I agree with a lot of the callers. They should just cut loose, cut him loose and, and, and see what we can do. I mean, because honestly, I don't see this team getting any better. I mean, with all the talent that they have and how good they look on paper, it's just so frustrating to know that all this talent is going to waste. You know, Smith came back for a reason, and I get it. They're, they're double-teaming them or whatever. Akari was playing good. But why not run the ball, Adrian? I mean, just I'm just being a devil's advocate. No, I'm, I'm with you. And, hey, George, yeah. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. I, I don't understand why they abandoned the pa- the run game in the second half. I mean, the first half, the passing game was working. So just you do what's working, right? Second half, I felt like they abandoned the run too early and they tried to play catch-up uh, throughout that second half. And that just didn't work to them. And uh, yeah. on the flip side to all this, you know, I, I hear you, George. You're as frustrated as a lot of minor fans who've called in as well. I'm, I'm just going to be the first person to say, 
say uh, the ceiling is not completely falling. Um, it's not completely over. I'm not a fan of in-season firings. I don't know about you guys right there. Last time UTEP did that, they brought in Mike Price as an interim coach, and they went 0-12. It just really lost that locker room. It set the team back. We talked to Adam earlier who said, hey, every time you do uh, stuff, you know, bad decisions, you set your program back. I, I just am not a fan of in-season firings right there. Also not a fan of just, you know, let them let ride this out and then assess what's going on after the season. I've always maintained that since the start of this season. I know minor fans are frustrated. At the end of the day, I mean, hey, they're taking home a $1.2 million check and they are cashing out off of that one. But it still frustrates fans when they see that they see that possibility to win and beat a team like Northwestern on the road, a Power 5 team, something they haven't done since 1967, and they come out of the second half looking like they did. I mean, they allowed yeah. 31 unanswered points and no it's, response. It, it's ridiculous, Adrian. They, it, and they couldn't have gotten off to a more perfect start. I think it was the first time this season that they were able to score in their first drive, let alone be a touchdown, right? right. A first quarter touchdown. But um, that's number one. And then number two, just to not um, you know, have the proper adjustments. I don't want to say they didn't make adjustments, but if they did, it wasn't the right adjustments. And to, to be completely Correct. outplayed, outmatched in the second half. And another comment um, that I think fans were upset about was when Dimmel had mentioned that um, the final score was not indicative of how the game was. And I, I completely disagree because if that's the case, they played terribly for more uh, for over half of the game than they did well. Because if we really think about it, offense played well one drive and the rest of the drives were terrible. And the defense could only hold up for so long. And, you know, with that second half and all of those adjustments completely took it away. So I don't like that comment. Zay, you go ahead. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that comment either. And, you know, this isn't the typical, you know, group of five getting smashed by a power five. We all mm-hmm. know Northwestern was, you know, they're just, I'm not going to say they're not a good football team, but this was a team that UTEP could match up with, right? This isn't, you know, they weren't bigger, faster, stronger by so much. UTEP could have won this game. Uh, they, they played just so bad after that first drive and um, there really isn't much good to take out of this one. No, you go home and you reset for next week uh, on the road against Arizona, which is probably not going to look pretty either. Hey, let's do this. Let's take a timeout right now. Our only timeout of minor talk. We'll get the legal update as well here on this one. When we come back, we're going to burn through as many calls as we can. 6.30 is the cutoff time. we got to get out to Chihuahua's baseball. So we're going to go fast here when we come back. Matthew, Carl, Fred, hang with us as minor talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. More in a moment right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Back on Minor Talk as we continue, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. We are presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. They had their customer appreciation event out in Horizon today at Eagle Park. It went fantastic. It was great to be out with the great team at Oscar Arieta Agency. But let's keep going. we got to burn through calls. We only have 25 minutes left here on the show, 915-505-6009. Matthew is next. He's been patiently waiting. We've got Carl right after him and then Fred. Let's go to you first, Matthew. Matthew, 915-505-6009. Matthew, I know this one was tough for a lot of minor listeners out there. Northwestern ends up winning this one 38-7. Give me your thoughts. There's a you know, first, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Appreciate you guys taking the call. UTEP season ticket holder, proud 18-42. and 42. I think we got to start talking about the bottom line, 18-42. and 42. Remember last year, sellout to UTEP, you know, Sun Bowl, one of the best 
venues in college football came out against North Texas flat. This team consistently comes out flat. I don't know what the identity of UTEP football is under Dimmel. And at some point, it is time. I agree. Maybe not midseason, you know, firing. But you ride it out. You see what happens. But this is not a product that I think uh, UTEP or the city of El Paso in this region uh, should support. I'll take your comments off there so you can get to the next people. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate you being a longtime listener, Matthew. I like all of the points that you made right there. The one thing that I'll say is that uh, if this team goes six and six, or if they somehow find a way to get to a bowl game, I won't be so I won't be surprised. I really won't. This is a bad schedule. This is a team that has way too many, uh, way too much talent on their roster in order to lose uh, more than seven games, in my opinion. I, I just I believe that. I look at this roster from top to bottom, and I would be uh, overly disappointed disappointed if they don't at least reach that kind of mark uh, and that you look at also the the schedule that they have I mean UNLV is the one that you circle they lose to UNLV Saturday September 23rd then we could talk about uh you know man a big time failure I mean that, that's just the bottom line and uphill battle from then on it, through conference play let's go and let's keep things moving our telephone number 915-505-6009 to get into the uh, program 600 espn el paso everywhere uh, online on our podcast app and of course on social media carl is next carl good afternoon what's going on okay well i've been listening to all the talk and uh, people seem to forget that northwestern was in a rebuilding rebuilding year but the people that get recruits from is a whole Midwest. Good grief. I mean, it includes Chicago and the people over there in Iowa and wherever they can reach. Uh, we have the state of Texas, and we compete with Texas A&M and Texas and New Mexico and Arizona, of course. But we have a lot of football material in Texas, so everybody comes here and recruits. We just don't have the recruiting capability. Good heavens. So, Carl, it's well, a really, really interesting. So, UTEP scored the first touchdown. So, the game doesn't really surprise me that much. The score may be, but the game doesn't. I mean, you, uh, this is a build, rebuilding year for Northwestern, but they had a lot of material to rebuild from. So, it doesn't surprise me, and I think we shouldn't just get so disheartened. So, Carl, you bring up a real interesting point about the recruiting and about the talent in particular. And something that Michael Vasquez t- uh, texted into the program, is it Dana Dimmel or maybe the quality of players? He asked, uh, he said, I understand UTEP does not get five-star athletes, never. You mentioned the Midwest. You mentioned the rebuild. You mentioned also maybe a little bit more roster flexibility that Northwestern has. I cannot be hypocritical by saying that it's a quicker fix now in today's co- uh, you know college football with the transfer point portal with NIL if I don't acknowledge that it could still be the same way for UTEP. The thing is, Carl, UTEP prioritized different things in recruiting. Northwestern may have said, hey, look, what we had last year didn't work. Let's scrap it all. Let's go with this quarterback from Cincinnati. Let's do Pace Guy as well. He can be also in the system. He can be a part of our offensive identity. Uh, and then they have all the offseason scandal that hits them. So then you have guys who are stepping up who maybe didn't think that they were going to be in a role like they were on this team. So they're playing at this in a totally different perspective. But Carl, I'll, I'll maintain this. 
while, while saying all of that, I will maintain the fact that in the first half, it was not a Big Ten team going up against a Conference USA team, in my opinion. I thought both those teams were on pretty similar levels. I thought I thought the Miners had a chance in the first half, and I thought if things broke right in favor of the Miners, they could actually win that game. They Talent-wise, yeah. Not too far off. Not too far off whatsoever. So a pushback just a little bit in saying that um, while you're right, while Northwestern has more resources and people to actually tap into and maybe the recruiting, you can look at that thing right there. Sure, I'll, I'll take that right there. But how do you explain, uh, explain week zero? at Jacksonville State, transition team from FCS to FBS. And I think that, when you put that into the context, when you re- uh, reflect back on that Week 0 loss and you reflect on this game 38-7 to at Northwestern, that's what frustrates Biner fans, simply put, Sal. Yeah, big time, because um, you saw flashes of what they could be, but still playing disappointing football. And same concept here for, for, for a half, we should say, not even the full game for a half. You saw what they could be yards-wise. And I, I know I said earlier the offense um, didn't do well. I want to rephrase that. They moved the ball well. They did not capitalize on those drives so they didn't execute well but either way though um, they were completely outplaying Northwestern in the first half so 7-7 should have been more like 17-7 maybe 21-7 I agree if they don't make those mistakes and the frustrating part is they don't know how to bounce back from that. Things have to go their way in order for them to be successful on the field. It's hard to adjust with this, for this team. Let's keep things moving. Uh, very good phone call there, Carl. Really appreciate it. Fred is next, 915-505-6009. Fred, good evening. What's going how, on? How are you doing? Um, just um, Carl kind of stole my thunder. No, go for it. No, 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 go for it. Reiterate what, he, what you need to say. Well, about the uh, recruiting um, I'm, I'm an old guy. I'm 67. And I can remember when, uh, Bobby Dobbs was the coach and, and, you know, they had the same problem trying to recruit guys, but somehow he managed, but, you know, the, they were called the flying miners back then. Yeah. Best minor think- football teams to ever play in this program. And they are trying to get even close to that level. Uh, those yes, were the best that- days of UTEP football. And then I remember that I was, oh, you know, I was a young kid, but uh, um, they had the same problem, you know, how trying to find guys to come out to Texas Western or UTEP, whatever it was back then. And he managed to do it. And, and then it comes in circles. UTEP went, you know, kind of crummy for about 10, 15 years. And then uh, Bob Stull came in, you know, and then he, you know, lit uh, a match underneath their, you know what I'm saying here, their butts. And, uh, and now, Mike Price came in, and you know he did the same thing. I'm wondering if if it's if this is one of those cycles. Uh, I don't know. I'll you know I'll listen to your re, uh, reply. Yeah, and I appreciate it, Fred. Thanks for weighing in. Thanks for the phone call. Um, hey, by the way, our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. We could take calls for about ten fifteen more minutes. Uh, and Fred, it's all good points that you bring up right there. To what I'll say is this. UTEP has developed a brand of recruiting through this coaching staff over six seasons. This is uh, Dana Dimmel's sixth year here at UTEP. They have developed a, an identity in recruiting, and that identity is they will prioritize junior college players, and they will prioritize mid-year transfers. That means they come here around December, January to El Paso, and they play immediately. They play as soon as the fall hits, as soon as that schedule gets out. They, they play that same season following their junior 
junior college year. That's their bread and butter. They get junior college players. They get junior college All-Americans. And the churn rate of guys who come from junior college to UTEP and actually have success in year one is pretty high. I'll be real with you. I mean, they do have that success early on uh, from a lot of these guys. Take a couple of the first-year players on this year's squad who've already emerged onto the scene. Torrance Burgess Jr., he was thrown into the mix, and look at what we've seen so far yeah. from him as a scat the, back. He was the special feature today on the pregame show as well. Look at yeah. a guy like Tyron Smith, another junior college guy. Gavin Artisan's a junior college yep. guy. I mean, for better or for worse, they have an identity in recruiting, so I don't necessarily see the flaws coming there how do you look at that Zay because you you were pretty uh, you're ready to, to go off this comment right here by Fred see I'm gonna go against that you know I I agree that yeah you know the Juco recruiting it's great but for that to be your full identity as a division one football team an FBS division one football team mm. in this day and age I just I, I can't I can't get on that train you know you have the transfer portal but I don't think it's enough I think there needs to be a lot more and um, I do like the Juco pipelines that they built but for that to be your your main thing, your main selling point, I just I, yeah. I can't I can't get on board with it. That's a good point. Yeah. You might sway me the other way, Zay. I, I might be uh, uh, persuaded by you and what you just said there. Any thoughts? No, Sal? Yeah, it, that's a really great point because um, obviously, if you can ball, you can ball. You're, you're going to show out no matter where you're at. FCS, I, FBS, I think that's the matter. number one thing, right? But. Um, if that's the case, and you, if we're going level wise, let's look at it as like a pyramid D1 being at the very and then Division 2 as well. So, however you want to break it down on level, I understand that. But also, too, I agree it should not be the, the, but it has to be a great additional weapon. It can't be your main weapon. This is Sun City Caper. He said, for universities that are lucky to be Division One, they need to realize that athletics and football are the front porch of the university. Imagine being gre- greeted by Jim Center and Coach Dimmel. No thank you at Heather oh, Wilson. Gosh. Oh, man. Joe Chacon. Both shows on at the same time. I'm caught off guard, not going to lie. It's frustrating <laughs> to listen to Dimmel and my and John Teicher talking about the scenery and the grass and chuckling like it was a win. Almost like it was okay that the loss happened. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Oh, man. Uh, he said another one. I'm not going to say it. Uh, Joe Chacon. <laughs> I'll read it. He I'm says, like- um, side note. Am I the only one who, after listening to three games on the app, thinks that Cole Freytag couldn't do a better job uh, play calling than mm. the head man? He's a great color guy and is right on with the fans tuning in. Hashtag Cole for president. Hashtag next offensive mm. coordinator. Oh, man, he, he's great. <laughs> You know, you know how there's um, you know, play by play and color. He fills that color role really well. So um, no, he's yeah. out of this world. He's good. amazing. He's, yeah. he's such a good. I mean, he teaches me something every single broadcast. So uh, he's a man. Hey, uh, keeping it moving. Jonathan Byers, uh, UTEP administration surrounds themselves with a bunch of people who kiss their ass and ignore the issues that plague the university and the program. So of course, that's what you're gonna get. That's coming from Jonathan Byers, man. Uh, it's brutal out here right now. Let's keep things moving. We got only uh, 10 more minutes pretty much on the show. Now on 5505-6009, Hector is going to be our second to last caller. Hector, good evening. What's up? You know, I've been a lifelong Niners fan. And in the old days, this was an automatic loss. You know, we we probably get beat like uh, whoever Michigan beat today. It's not like that anymore. You know, we can play... We have a, a good offensive line. 
Um, we got a good defense, and it does come down to coaching. I do think that they have to make a move with the quarterback, though. Um, that, I think that's our weakest point right now. Um, we were in the game 7-7 at halftime, where before it would be like, wow, we'd be blown out. And then everything just falls apart. You know, the wheels come off, and, and now we're, you know, two and one and two will probably be one and three. But I'm with you. I, I still think that this team is going to make some noise later on. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, the next home crowd is going to be weak. But I think these guys are good enough to where they're going to end up, you know, going to a bowl. I mean, I know everybody's going to say this guy is crazy, but th- this is a good football team. Um, it's just hard to go up to the, you know, the East Coast or Central Time Zone. I heard that their plane got in there late. Not to make yes, excuses. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Not to make excuses for these guys, but you know what? It's difficult when you're traveling. And you know what? I still think we have. Uh, I mean, I know everybody wants to get rid of the head coach and this, that, and the other. Let the season play out and see what happens. Uh, appreciate the phone call, Hector. Thanks for weighing in. They do have an issue on the road, and it's winning. They're 4-16 and 16 on the road over three seasons. That's the bottom line. They've got to be a better road team in the future. I don't care if it's a central time zone, eastern time zone, northwestern, Jacksonville State, whoever. I don't care who it is. UTEP, period, has to be better on the road yeah. as a football team in order to take that next step, in order to be that team who can make that next step and actually have success. Uh, you know, from start to finish, from the start of the season to the end, when you either go to a bowl game or you wind down your season, whatever it is, that that is a huge key right there. Let's keep it moving. 915-505-6009. I think we've got to wind it down with Vince. He's got it. I think he might be our last caller. We might be able to duck one more in. But uh, Vince, you are on Minor Talk. Thank you so much for waiting. Uh, good evening. What's going on? Okay, nothing much. I just wanted to make a couple of comments real fast. Uh, I'm a long time a UTEP fan, uh, UTEP alumni. Uh, I support the team 100%, but I think the biggest problem that the football team has is the coach himself. He is not willing to relinquish the play calling, and I think that's one of the biggest problems Okay, that, that they have. And I think if he was to let his ego down a little bit and let someone else call the plays and be the final judge on the plays that are being called maybe they might have a whole lot more success and maybe they should give somebody else an opportunity he's had uh, the current quarterback for the last three or four years okay and uh, this quarterback is just up and down up and down there's never been one no no real consistency throughout so I think with some modifications there it could help the program tremendously Oh my gosh. I mean, man, you hit it nail on the head, Vince. I, I thought that was an excellent phone call just from, uh, you know, from everything that you mentioned right there. And you know what, man? They they are committed to this quarterback. They are committed to this identity of offense. They are committed to the play calling philosophy that they have. And that is Dana Dimmel. I mean, he has not been willing to relinquish play calling. Just look at it from his perspective. Let's say you're Dana Dimmel with all this coaching experience from your time as an offense offensive coordinator at Kansas State to your head coaching stint with Houston to your other head coaching stint before that at Wyoming. He's been around college football for decades, decades, decades. And right now he is on this UTEP football squad and knows that they they've maybe, you know, they haven't had a lot of success offensively, but why why is that? What can what can they do to finally change that? It's something that as a coach, maybe he has to look inward and figure out how 
how he can you know better utilize his staff in order to uh, you know have their take into play calling because yeah I mean I look at the way that the uh, second or the first half ended and how they couldn't get points on the board I look at that fourth down uh you know, attempt and trying to convert on fourth down in the jumbo formation. It's all predictable to me, man. I, we've seen it since day one. It's it's predictable offense. And unfortunately for UTEP, they just don't have an identity right now offensively. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, Vince. Thanks for weighing in. 915-505-6009. Guys, we got to wind it down. I just want to really – I want to thank our sponsors here on the show. Uh, first off, big thanks to the Australia at the agency. I saw that it got real windy out there in Horizon. So, um, you know, everybody who went out there to Golden Eagle Park, big shout-out to them uh, for the Australia at the agency hosting their customer appreciation celebration. Want to also mention Wind Supply El Paso. They've got our hot hand of the game, and Wind Supply El Paso so is uh, they, they want to let everybody know El Paso's finally out of the triple digits. You might still need to fend off the El Paso heat, though. I mean, hey, we had a 104-degree weather uh, day this past week. Well, you can stay cool at your home with Master Cool. When Supply El Paso is an official distributor of Master Cool evaporative coolers, and they don't want you to sweat it out while you have to wait for the temperature to cool outside. Each Master Cool system is priced lower than the box stores at Wind Supply. And to find your nearest Master Cool dealer, visit the Find a Deal tab online today windsupplyelpaso.com that is windsupplyelpaso.com guys if we had to go hot hand at the game I'm still sticking on the defense and this might sound repetitive but I'm going Tyrese Knight 14 total tackles in this one he had a sack that's back to back games with a sack a tackle for loss as well he is blowing up defense uh, you know on defense right now and he is the bright spot on this team uh, despite this loss today he is definitely a bright spot Uh, the other name that you could have maybe given it to Maurice Westmoreland he had a pass breakup and a sack in this loss today for the minors but both Tyrese Knight and Maurice Westmoreland those are my guys I'm going with hot hand for Tyrese Knight any um you know any thoughts on the UTEP defense today I know we got some comments on social media talking about their disappointment with UTEP's defense you know what I think um they held up for majority of the um well basically the first half essentially and then um in that second half they they really just kind of got worn out um and also the the change of pace took a big part of that as well them just not really getting a good feel for the game in the second half however something I do want to touch on you mentioned um pray uh, not praise um Tyrese Knight uh, praise is amazing but um leading the uh, the nation in tackles going into the game Tyrese Knight at 14 and you know right now what four or 29 I'm sorry then 14 after that uh, 43 so um he was tied with Donovan Manuel of FIU going into this game so we'll see what happens by the end of the night uh Tyrese Knight could have the uh, the tackle <laughs> the leading tackle spot when it's all said and done. All right. And then as far as our drive of the game, thanks to new start homes, it's no secret. It's the first game of first drive of the game. Eight play, 70 yard touchdown drive by the miners lasted under four minutes, very efficient. And uh, for the miners, that was their only scoring drive of the day. That was a touchdown pass from Gavin Hardison to Zach Fryer. Fans felt good at that point, obviously up seven to nothing, drove it with ease on that opening drive and could not get 
a score after that. So by default, that is our new Start Homes drive of the game. If you're looking for a mobile home or maybe just a, a tiny home to add to your backyard, extra space uh, at your current home, New Start Homes actually offers affordable builds starting at just $75 per square foot. They've got a location out in El Paso. They've got a location out in Las Cruces. So check out New Start Homes online today, newstarthomes.net. Want to let everybody know that the District West is showing all the college football games today, including the Texas-Alabama game going on right now. And then coming up later tonight, they will have the exclusive pay-per-view, Adesanya versus Strickland. That one coming up, 8 o'clock, zero covered fee out at the district tonight. So just uh, make your way out there. They've got three locations in town. We were out at the District West today. And uh, thank you to everybody who was out there for us, uh, hanging out with us for uh, Minor Talk and the Watch Party. Also want to give a big shout out to 915 Tours. They bring us Minor Talk each and every edition as well, uh, whether it's the Cowboys experiences or Cowboys who come to El Paso for meet and greets. Check out uh, 915 Tours all over social media and wherever uh, you check them out online. It's actually 915tours.com. Guys, we have to wind it down. Turn the page. It is Arizona next week on the road. Let's go quickly around the corner with final thoughts going into this one. UTEP and Jacob Cowing back at it. That's that'll be one storyline going into this week. And I'm a huge fan of Cowing, man. Uh, he's like the adopted UTEP minor, even though yeah. he transferred over to Arizona. Uh, let's start with you, Sal. Your final parting thoughts. Uh, you know what? Initially, uh, number one, the uh, the transfer to Arizona definitely understood. We know the number one reason that being his son wanted to be closer to him. So uh, it's number one. I don't want to hear any dogging on that decision. It's family related. And then um, also number two, we're gonna see what this uh, secondary can do against uh, an offense that wants to put it up in the air, especially with a weapon like Cowing. So I don't think we've seen him get tested um, that much. Uh, Correct. It was a 38-3 to victory for Northern Arizona Week 1. Tonight they play Mississippi State. Actually, that one just getting underway right now. I'm not going to say anything about that game uh, mm-hmm. because of the people who are listening to us on the podcast side of things. But there you go. I mean, you got two games right there, and then UTEP next week. Zay, parting thoughts for, from today's game. Yeah, um, watching Jacob Cowling is going to give me peace next week. You know, peace to my soul. I, I don't know how, but it just will. And um, next week, I just want to see, you know, if we're, if Gavin Hardison is struggling, I want to see McNamara get snaps. You know, I want to see him. Just let him loose. Give him a shot. And I know they probably don't, won't throw him into the fire against a team like Arizona, but um, that's just that's that's my thoughts. Hey, our watch party next week gets started at 8 o'clock out at the District West. Come on out and join us. Thanks again to the Oscar at the Agency for bringing us Minor Talk each in every edition. If you missed any of today's show, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. We will have the entire show podcasted on demand and that will be dropping later tonight. But for Zegalindo, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus. We are winding things up and uh, thank you so much to all the people who listened to us today. Thank you to all the people who reached out to us on social media and thank you to all the people who messaged us on our free mobile app as well. We'll wind it down today and send you off to some Chihuahuas baseball. That is coming up next. The El Paso Chihuahuas still in town against uh, the Round Rock Express. That one's on deck coming up next with the voice of the Chihuahuas, Tim Haggerty. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradis. Zay is in the house as well. You are listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar at the Agency here on 600 ESPN El Paso.